It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. You know it. You love it. The show that's so nice. We do it twice. Ross Tucker, Evan Silva, breaking it down like nobody else. And we are starting this week, Tears of Evan. Often imitated, never duplicated. How about a guest today? Michael Fabiano from NFL Network, NFL.com. So August is here, and so are we in full force, baby. By the way, if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head to betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1, the number one, to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. August also means it's time to pick the winners to see who's going to go against Evan and I in the season-long Fantasy Feast Official League. It's 16 studs or studettes going at each other every week, and it gets intense. Speaking of intense, I'm just telling you right now, the first guy that's in, Anthony Combs. And and he's in because I got to stop the emails. He has sent me like 10 sponsor confirmation emails. A bunch of them were Amazon orders after he clicked through on the homepage over at RossTucker.com, which is great. But then also he went to the sponsor page at RossTucker.com and took advantage of a bunch of those. So, Anthony, you're in. I mean, I guess keep them coming. It's good for business. So keep them coming if you want. But, wow, man, overwhelmed by Anthony. So, yeah, you're, you're in, buddy. You did it. Speaking of did it, we did it. We made it to August. We made it to Evan's Tears. I think by now a lot of you know at Evan Silva on Twitter – He's the superstar for rotoworld.com. I think he's the best in the business. I'm Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram. If you're a Facebook only dude, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And we will, over the rest of this month, we will do the tiers of every position group in Evan's mind which is really valuable. So that'll be one of the episodes each week. And then we'll also do a guest each week. And that guest today is also one of the superstars in the fantasy world, fantasy community. That's Michael Fabiano from NFL.com. Now, before we get to Michael, I need to tell you about something else that's kind of taking the fantasy world by storm, and that's Pro Football Focus. I mean, look, they already track every single player on every single game, on every single play of every single game. Now they're using that data to bring you the best fantasy insights and advice. If you join advice, probably just advice. It's not advice. It's probably just advice. Anyway, join PFF Edge for full access to PFF's player projections, fantasy draft guide, and cheat sheets. Plus, they got positional matchup charts, and of course, that award-winning fantasy content. Then if you're a high-stakes dude, 
Step it up to PFF Elite. They got premium stats database, unique player performance stats across every position. Elite also unlocks their new Green Line Pick Center, DFS Optimizer, and much more. Join PFF Fantasy today and prepare to win. Sign up now at ProFootballFocus.com and also prepare for a mind-blowing interview. Next meal. Next meal. All right, you see him everywhere. He's all over NFL.com. You see him all over NFL Network television, especially this time of year. And he's the type of guy, take note of this, by the way, Evan. He's the type of guy that we wanted him to do it at 9.30 Eastern, okay? He lives in L.A. And not only was he ready for 9.30, he called in three minutes earlier. He is a pro's pro, and he is Michael Fabiano from NFL.com, NFL Network, their fantasy guru. Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thanks for uh, the little shout-out there. So if I sound a tad bit tired, that would be the reason, but um, it's always a pleasure to be on with you guys. (laughs) Make sure you're checking him out on Twitter, at Michael underscore Fabiano. That way you don't miss any of his stuff. Uh, He's the senior fantasy analyst for NFL media. So the way we usually do this, Michael, is I always like to get backgrounds of guys just to learn a little bit more about how you how you got here how you got where you are and then evan will usually be the one you know crushing you with the with more of the fantasy questions <laughs> i might have one or two so um yeah so let's hear it man We're like where are you from and how'd you become the nfl network fantasy guy so uh originally from connecticut and uh, graduated uh from central connecticut state the blue devils with a, a degree in uh Mass media, communications, TV and radio, um, really struggled to get in anywhere. Wasn't even really thinking about fantasy sports at the time. And this was, you know, this was back in like the mid nineties. And, um, I was working for this company, um, uh, environmental data resources in Southport, Connecticut had nothing to do with sports at all. Just trying to pay the bills and trying to break in someplace else. And I started writing, a sports column for their newsletter, which was literally like five pieces of paper stapled together. And that sports column started to get popular among people at work. So I started to do it like every single week that there was one of these newsletters. And eventually the internet started and I joined a few amateur sports writing websites and started a, and this is going to sound weird because this is something that probably would never happen right now with social media and all that, but I started an email mailing list. So every time I would write a column, I would email my followers uh, in in quotes uh, and and tell them that I had a new article up and the articles. They were any, anything from the tiger slam to, uh, you know, Bobby Knight to WWE was, it was all kinds of things. And it wasn't about fantasy. I was playing fantasy, but I wasn't writing about fantasy. It kind of wasn't a, a big thing at that point. So once I started to get enough confidence, uh, which is probably about six months after I started um, writing for that, that, that newsletter, I started sending my resume out and my articles out. Uh, and I got an interview with commissioner.com, which you know Evan probably would know is one of the first really good fantasy sports sites. Um, 
it became sportsline.com. Commissioner.com was bought by sportsline.com. And I'll never forget that. I had, uh, I had an interview with cbssportsline.com about six months after I started writing for that newsletter. It was a fantasy uh, writer slash editor position. Um, I interviewed for it once. It ended up being between myself and Tristan Cockroft from ESPN, who's one of my dear friends. And they hired Tristan first. They then asked me to write um, a bunch of player profiles for the NBA fantasy game that they had. And literally a couple of weeks later, I'll never forget, I was sitting in my house, my dad's house in Watertown, Connecticut, watching the Yankees Red Sox. I got a phone call from a guy named Dave Hirsch, who was one of the heads at commissioner.com. And he said, hey, we can't decide between you and Tristan, so we're going to hire you both. And would you like this position? And I was over the moon about it. Uh, I ended up moving to New York City. Um, on a salary of $37,500 to begin. This was back in 2000 and um, started at CBSSportsLine.com August uh, and uh, I'm sorry, October, and then moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where Sportsline is located um, the following year. It was actually uh, just five or six months before 9-11 and I was working right near the, the, the trade center. So I'll never forget that. And Five years later, uh, I joined the NFL, and then they asked me to be their, uh, their guy. When I started with the NFL, there wasn't a lot of fantasy analysts on television at all, and I literally did everything for the site. I, write, I wrote the whole draft kit, uh, any video content. I was responsible for editing copy, everything. So it's, um, it's been almost two decades now, and, and it's been a wild ride, and um, it, it's, to me it's been – phenomenal and blessed and um i definitely love seeing where the industry has gone because it's become so big and now we have guys in the industry analyzing fantasy football like evan who are just tremendous and it's it, it's been a, a really fun ride to watch and and to to go from where i was to where i am now you know i i, I count my blessings every day what would be like, you know, obviously people love fantasy, Michael, everybody listening to this show for sure. W would you have a piece of advice for people that, you know, would really love to try to make it, you know, their vocation somehow? I know, you know, times mm -hmm. have changed and there's a lot of people that are looking for these jobs, but it also feels like there are more of them opening up, opening up from time to time. We have three open right now. And that never happens. We, we, we've had three guys uh, leave. So go to NFL.com and look up the jobs uh, section because if you're interested in getting involved and you have a background in it, there are openings out there. But you know, things are different now, clearly, than, than when I uh, was trying to get my foot in the door. And I think just make yourself visible, um, whether it's on social media, which is a great way to do it, podcasts, which is a great way to do it, they didn't have podcasts when I started back in the day. Uh, we, we did radio interviews and that was about it. And I remember getting nervous about doing radio interviews and, and you know, now I'm on NFL network live TV. It's again, it's been, um, it's been a great journey, but put yourself out in the public, uh, get your stuff out there. Network networking is huge. If you're able to network and get people who are prominent in the space to recognize your content, that's a great too. And there's there's so many really great websites out there uh, that may not be as prominent as the National Football League or ESPN or Yahoo. 
And there's a lot of good and talented writers and analysts out there who are doing hard work trying to get their foot uh, into the door and actually move up the ladder. And I think those are a few ways to do it. It's, it's, a, it's a good time to, to be a fantasy analyst or an aspiring fantasy analyst because there are a lot of different avenues uh, to which you can put yourself out there and get yourself heard. And once you get a following and once you get people talking about the fact that your analysis is top notch and your content is very useful, well, that's just going to grow your audience. And that's really what you want to do. Well, and we also have a lot of people that really want to win their leagues this year. And that's first <laughs> and foremost on their mind. So um, I'm on Evan, that I'll, I'll let you have at it. All right, cool. Yeah, and you know, just to echo uh, Michael's sentiments about the the industry, I, what I love about it is that it's a meritocracy, um, and you know, it if you're not like working hard, if you're not just busting your butt, or you don't have some sort of special talent, you know, to be able to, you know, be really good on a podcast or be really good on TV, um, you know, you're you're not going to move forward. You're, you're gonna you're gonna be pushed pushed back. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to, uh, the people that, that work the hardest. And that's what I love about the industry is just everyone works so freaking hard or they have some sort of special talent or they have both. Um, what I, but before we start into the quarterback tiers though, Michael, how do you survive in New York on 37 or $37,000 <laughs> per year? Dude. It was hard. I mean, it was, it was, you know, 2000, but I was living on Staten Island. Okay. Because I couldn't find a place anywhere near, uh, downtown Manhattan that, that I could even come close to affording. So literally I would have, uh, a, a walk from this. It was a very small side apartment, uh, on a house in Staten Island. I would walk to the train station, uh, from the train station would take the train to the Staten Island ferry and then take the Staten Island ferry across to battery park and then walk to, uh, walk to the, the office. And before that being from Connecticut, I couldn't find a place. So for the first two or three weeks, I was commuting from Watertown, Connecticut to New York city every day. And let me tell you guys, that was hell. <laughs> I would have to get up and it was dark, drive to the train station, take the train to uh, New York City, uh, then to the subway, take that down to Battery Park. I would get up when it was dark. And by the time I got home, it was dark. And I did this for about two weeks. But, you know, some things, uh, so, some things you, you just do because you're, you're passionate and, uh, and, and you want to do well and, and you sort of overcome. But it was not easy, man. Like, I, I would drive home every weekend um, so I could do laundry, and um, I, I didn't go out much, Evan. Let's just put it that way. A lot, <laughs> most of my most of my time was spent working or getting to work and uh, and sleeping. Uh, so so going out and having a whole lot of fun during that time was not uh, not a, a prominent part of my lifestyle. Let's put it that way. Awesome. Well, let, let's talk some ball. Um, so. We're, yeah. we're working on our tiers right now. We're just starting them. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue them for the next month. We're going to do quarterbacks and probably running backs and wide receivers and tight ends to finish up. And so we're having you on to talk quarterback tiers. And uh, in your first tier, you have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. So those are your top four quarterbacks. How would you kind of describe that tier or – you know, why, why is it that those four quarterbacks make up your first tier? 
well, it, it's the elite tier, uh, clearly. And Aaron Rodgers is the guy who's going to go off the board just about in every draft as, as the first quarterback. Um, I, I am very good friends with Derek Pearson, uh, who you may or may not know, who's one of the, you know, one of the, the best guys out there when it comes to, to high stakes. And, you know, we, we discuss information a lot and, uh, based on some 80 data that he has, I mean, Rodgers is, is far and away ahead of every other quarterback, still not going until about the fifth round, but, uh, he's still further ahead than Deshaun Watson, who's actually number two, but I believe these guys and, and Watson, I think we still don't know. He was so extraordinary in six games last year, but he only started six games. But the numbers that he put up were just gangbusters. I mean, if you project those numbers over a full season, he scores more points in a single season than any player ever uh, at the quarterback position. It was ridiculous. So he has it in him to be an elite player. But year in and year out, we sort of know what we're going to get from Rodgers. We know what we're going to get from Tom Brady, uh, although he continues to defy father time. We'll see if he can do that again. And, and Russell Wilson, too, last year in what was a dreadful offense behind a dreadful offensive line with a dreadful running game, he, he was the, you know, the best player in fantasy football uh, based on points. So those are the four guys that I believe you go out and draft and you can tag them uh, with that elite label. And again, we still have to see more from Deshaun Watson, but the sample size might be small, guys, but you know, we well know that sample size was pretty incredible. Yeah, we only have two differences, uh, I believe, in our first three tiers, or uh, mm-hmm. certainly in our tiers. Um, the one difference that we have is, I, I and I had Russell Wilson in my first tier the entire offseason, and I recently mm-hmm. bumped him. Um, you know, the, the Doug Baldwin thing, of course, that just happened yesterday. Um, we're recording right. this yep. on, uh, yeah, on August 1st or whatever. Um, so that was a little bit concerning to me. Um, and then, uh, I have, and I put Cam Newton in my first tier. Um, so is there a certain concern that you might have? Cam Newton has been a top five fantasy quarterback in, uh, five, five of his first seven NFL seasons, but do you have any specific concerns about Cam Newton that might keep him out of that first tier or, you know, just what are your general thoughts on Cam Newton this year specifically? So I don't know that I really have concerns over Cam Newton. I mean, this guy has been tremendous. You mentioned that he's been one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football ever since he's come out. Uh, you know, I don't know that I'm, I guess the one thing that really I want to wait and see is how he works under North Turner. You know, mm-hmm. North Turner is not a guy who's worked with, with a whole lot of mobile quarterbacks. You go back and, and, and look at his resume and you're looking at, you know, guys like Troy Aikman and Phillip Rivers, uh, he hasn't worked with a whole bunch of mobile quarterbacks. So I also feel like Norv probably wants to put Cam in a situation where he's, he's working on being a more effective passer. And where Cam really makes his hay is, is as a runner. Now, I'm not suggesting that he's going to see a significant drop in rushing yards or rushing touchdowns as part of his game and it's part of what he wants to do. But you also see what the Panthers did during the offseason, right? I mean, they bring in a guy like D.J. Moore who – I think potentially could lead that team in targets at wide receiver uh, ahead of Devin Funches. And they've got a lot of talent. They've got a talented running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield and Christian McCaffrey. So I do wonder if Cam's not going to throw the ball a bit more. Uh, Again, he will get his rushing yards and he is one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football, as we've mentioned. I just think in terms of reliability, uh, Wilson has been more reliable uh, Rodgers has been far more reliable. Brady has been far more reliable. 
And if you look at Deshaun Watson, the the ceiling that he brings to me is higher than what Cam Newton will bring you uh, in 2018. So I have Carson Wentz in my second tier as well. However, Mm -hmm. based on how he scored, and you have him in your second tier, based on how he scored last year, you know, theoretically he should be in our first tier. I mean, he was the overall QB2 behind only Russell Wilson before he tore his ACL and his uh, LCL Mm -hmm. in week 14. So... And I'll, I'll talk on, on our uh, independent show uh, about why I why I have him in uh, my second tier as opposed to my, fir- my first tier. Um, why do you not have him in your first tier, Carson Wentz? I think it's because of the fact that he's coming off that injury. And um, it seems like, for all intents and purposes, that he will be back for week one. But you're absolutely correct. He was one of the elite quarterbacks last year when he was healthy. And... I believe at this point you're looking at a potential draft bargain because of, of where he's being picked in a lot of these leagues and a lot of mocks that you're seeing. I mean, he's not coming off the board until the 8th or ninth or, or maybe even 10th round, depending on the size of your league. But to me, it's, it's about the injury. You know, we always, at this point in time, because medical advance has been, has been so ridiculously good, we used to have to worry about guys coming off of ACLs. Uh, you would worry about their, their mental and physical confidence in that, in that knee uh, probably for a full year. And then after that, uh, we, we were sort of, well, okay, now this guy's back at 100%. But ever since Adrian Peterson did what he did uh, several years ago, we kind of overlook now that guys coming off of ACLs can potentially uh, have any issues uh, with the mental confidence, with the physical confidence. And, and we're doing that to agree with Deshaun Watson as well. Uh, but Watson, to me, is a little bit farther along in terms of his rehab and recovery than Wentz is. So part of it for me is is coming back from that knee. And we're in August right now, August 1st. There's plenty of time to move Wentz up or down, depending on how he performs in the preseason. Uh, but right now he's on that high end of that second tier for me. Okay, that makes sense. And just to, just to uh, make sure for all the listeners um... – so we, we mentioned Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson comprise Michael Fabiano's first tier. His second tier is made up of Cam Newton and Carson Wentz, so a small second tier. Let's move down to the third tier. Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Jimmy Garoppolo, Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Jared Goff. The mm-hmm. hot-button player in this group is Andrew Luck. So... Mm-hmm. What is your kind of confidence level right now on Andrew Luxy? I have not moved him up yet. I'm I'm probably being overly cautious, but I have not moved him up yet. I want to see him, you know, throw the ball for a sustained period, free of setbacks. It does concern me that he has um, maybe the weakest pass catcher core of his career. Um, you know, it's I I just I find myself kind of focusing on the negative with Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. but there are also s- certainly some positives and the the rhetoric has been positive on him now for a pretty sustained stretch. What? But really, at the end of the day, what is your confidence level in Andrew Luck? Have you been drafting him at all so far? I have been drafting him and it's been late. And I mean, you can't you can't look past what he's done in his career. In his last four full years, he's been a top four fantasy quarterback three times. Um, 
and, and yeah, you're right. Maybe the pass catches aren't there, um, but his number two had been Dante Moncrief, who had always, who was always uh, a guy who dealt with injuries. Uh, you have Ryan Grant, you have Chester Rogers, who I think is a deep sleeper. Eric Ebron uh, should fit into the offense well, catching passes uh, along with Jack Doyle. And of course you have T.Y. Hilton there as well. I just think if, if Andrew Luck is healthy uh, and the offensive line should be better, you've got a player who could potentially end up in the first tier. And it, it, yep. when a player has the upside to end up in that tier, and, and let's be honest, for most of his career, he's been a first-tier elite fantasy quarterback. I couldn't drop him far past the third tier. In fact, I would not be surprised that by the end of preseason, if we see him slinging it well and we see that offense starting to click, that Andrew Luck is going to end up moving into that second tier. And the only thing that would keep him out of that first tier is the the concerns over the shoulder. But once those concerns are, are sort of quelled, you're going to start seeing him move up. That was one of the things that I noticed in uh, looking at some of the ADP data was that he hasn't started to move yet up yet. T.Y. Hilton has moved up about a half a round uh, in the last week, but Andrew Luck hasn't started to move up yet. And I believe with more positive reports coming out of camp, uh, some preseason starts where he looks like the old Andrew Luck, uh, this is a guy who's going to end up moving up. Now, the quarterback position at a whole is devalued. Why? Because you start one quarterback in non-superflex leagues, you don't have to worry about getting one of these elite guys early because there's so many good quarterbacks always available towards the end of the draft. And Wentz was one of those guys last year, for example, and we saw other players like Jared Goff come off the waiver wire, if not be being picked late, who were, were tremendous uh, for fantasy fans. So, I don't know that his stock is going to rise significantly to the point where he's going to end up being drafted uh, right around the same time as a Cam Newton or a Carson Wentz, but knowledge is power. And part of the knowledge that we have uh, as analysts, and Evan, you know, this is watching tape and watching guys perform out on the field. And if we see the old Andrew Luck, who looks like the guy who was slinging it for over 4,000 yards and giving us top five production at the quarterback position based on fantasy points, He's going to move up, and I think I'm with you in that I'm being a little bit conservative right now because in this tier, there are players who could potentially move up uh, without question, like Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who, who is also in this tier, who's got a whole heck of a lot of upside in San Francisco. Uh, so I, I, would be, I would be surprised if Luck didn't move up to my second tier at some point in the next four weeks, but I really want to see him out on the football field uh, playing in, in a real game, although it's exhibition, a real game, a preseason game, and, and, and see him go out there and look like the guy that we all know. Yeah, and you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, too. He's a guy that I just keep ticking up. I mean, I just keep – you know, it's so impressive. What I remember Matt Ryan struggled in his first year under Kyle Shanahan after a full offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet, Jimmy Garoppolo jumps in – one month after being acquired from the Patriots last year, you know, he's got the plays on his on his wrist. He's got a wristband to know the plays. Um, and he's out there, and they're moving the ball consistently. Now, they weren't great in the red zone. Uh, he only threw, what, seven touchdowns in five starts. And that was actually another thing that, that went wrong in that first year under Kyle Shanahan with Matt Ryan. They were terrible in the red zone. Um but, you know, they and, and last year the 49ers were kicking a lot of field goals. Like if you were playing Robbie Gould in, in DFS, 
you know, during that those last five games, like you, you were banking. He, you know, he was the kicker to to, to play. Um, so I just and and he didn't have Pierre Garcon, and you know, he was out there throwing his second most targeted player during Jimmy Garoppolo's five starts was Kyle Juszczyk, a friggin' fullback. You know, and uh, George Kittle was a rookie and Trent Taylor was a rookie and Marquise Goodwin had never done anything in the league, you know, and, and all of a sudden he's exploding for like almost 80 yards per game during that stretch. So Garoppolo is a guy who's really started to ex- excite me. And um, I, I like that you have him in here. It looks like in your in your top 10. Um, I agree with that. So let's move down to the um, the, the fourth tier. Pat Mahomes, Alex Smith, Dak Prescott, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, Mitchell Trubisky, Derek Carr. So Marcus Mariota, Michael, is someone that I really want to like this year. I think that there are statistical reasons to like him. I think that there are coaching reasons to like him. There are, you know, I I think that, you know, he's got that dual threat upside, um, you know, being a, 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 a run and pass threat. Where do you stand mm-hmm. on Marcus Mariota? Um, do you think he could jump into that third tier? Do you think he's just maybe not that good? No, I, I do think he's that good. And so, you know, Evan, you probably deal with this too. Like, there, there's there's a player every year that you're you're on. You, you really like him, and he maybe doesn't meet expectations. And then the following year, he goes off. Like I've had that with Todd Gurley. Uh, like two years ago, I had him as my number one player. He flopped, and then last year he went nuts. Uh, I remember dating back to like Vincent Jackson. I was predicting a breakout year from him. He didn't break out. He broke out the year after I was promoting him. Last year, I really liked Mariota. I thought he was going to be the Matt Ryan of 2017. And while he had he had his share of good games overall, he was a disappointment. So I really feel like he could end up being that guy for me in, in 2018, where I was a year too early on him and. You're right. You know, with Matt LaFleur coming in as the offensive coordinator, I think uh, the play calling is going to be better. He's got a a very good pass-catching running back that they added in Deion Lewis. You would expect that Corey Davis is going to take the next step this year, and Corey Davis is on a lot of fantasy analysts, either sleeper or breakout candidate list because uh, of the talent that he brings and the potential for him to see a lot more targets. And we also liked what we saw towards the end of last year uh, when he finally started to get healthy. And, you know, of course, they've got some other question marks at the wide receiver position. Uh, you don't have a lot of depth there in Tennessee, but I do believe there's some youth on that team that could potentially step up uh, and, and make an impact and help Mariota be the quarterback that we all sort of think that he's going to be. And, and there is one thing that, that any smart fantasy analyst will look at with a quarterback, and you mentioned it, the ability to run with the football. It's the reason why a guy like Tim Tebow, who, who couldn't throw a pass, Uh, more than 40 yards that didn't look like a duck shot out of the sky was a viable fantasy starter because of the ability to run with the ball. And Mariota has, has shown that whether it's been in Oregon uh, or in a short time in the NFL. So now I agree with you. I'm not confident enough yet to move him up into the third tier, but again, you know, it's August 1st and we'll see what happens over the next few weeks, but I would not be surprised if he ends up in that same tier with a guy like, uh, Jared Goff or, or, or Philip Rivers or Jimmy Garoppolo because the talent is there. And I think now uh, with LaFleur, LaFleur calling the shots that that offense is going to be a little bit more dynamic and give Mariota uh, a little bit more chance to be the playmaker that the Titans had drafted out of Oregon a few years ago. All right, let's move down to tier five. We'll do two more. Um, 
Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston. So Jameis Winston was another guy that I really wanted to like entering this season. But Me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, they were top five in pass attempts last year. I think that their defense is going to be bad again. You know, I love all the weapons, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard. Um, but And I love Chris Godwin as well. Um, but Oh, yeah, me too. Yep, yep. So, so Jameis gets hit with the three-game suspension, and the Bucks have an early bye, week five bye. Right. So, so we're only going to get one game out of him in the first five weeks of the season. Do you even think mm-hmm. that he's draftable in like a regular fantasy league? No, at this point, I don't. And to be quite honest with you, you know, it depends on it depends on who you get. Like my my draft strategy when it comes to quarterbacks is. If I don't get a guy who's in one of the first two tiers or maybe even the top of the third tier, I'm not drafting. You know, I'm going to end up drafting two quarterbacks in the third tier. So, like, if I get Rodgers or Brady or Wilson or Watson or Newton or Carson Wentz, I'm not drafting another quarterback Um, because there's going to be guys on the waiver wire that I'll be able to pick up if the guys that I draft fail. And and those guys are in the first two tiers for a reason. Typically, they're they're going to be pretty good. So uh, the case there. Uh, with Winston is once he's getting closer to coming back, he'll be one of the most popular waiver wire pickups. Now, if you look at the numbers and you mentioned it a little bit, the Bucks are going to throw the football. Uh, they've got they've got a talented core of receivers there. You mentioned Chris Godwin, who I also think could end up being a really good deep sleeper, a guy that I'll be targeting late in my drafts. You've got O.J. Howard coming into, into his second season. You've got Rojo now in that backfield. Uh, so, there's some talent. There's some potential uh, for the Buccaneers. You've got Deshaun Jackson, who's got the speed, who can separate, who can get deep on vertical plays and, and, and hit the home run ball for that offense. But uh, if you look at, at Winston's numbers when he played last year, yeah, I feel like, I don't know if I want to call him underrated, but he, he certainly was better than I think a lot of people knew about uh, statistically from a fantasy perspective. And th- this is a big season for him. Because Winston overall, if you look at if you look at the numbers and the lack of success the Buccaneers have had, I mean, he's coming off of uh, he's going to be coming off of a suspension. He's a guy who a lot of people and rightly so have questions about in terms of his character. He needs to come out and have a good season when he's back. He needs to put that team on his shoulders and show that he was worth the high draft pick that the Buccaneers used on him several years ago. And I think that, uh, along with the offense around him, is going to motivate this guy to come out and play well. So would I draft him? No, because the quarterback position is too deep. Um, it's not like a Mark Ingram scenario where Mark Ingram is so valuable that you're going to take him in your top 50 or 60 picks regardless of a four-game suspension. But when he does come back, he will be a popular add off the waiver wire. And I do believe that down the stretch he can help fantasy owners get to uh, the playoffs and potentially win their championship. Yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. And, you know, I, I don't think he's draftable in a regular league. I have been playing a lot of best ball leagues, and I'll take him sometimes there because he goes so late. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we can kind of just pencil in that production the rest of the way. But in, you know, a standard redraft, I, you know, I don't think you can take him either. Um, with that said, you're right. When he, when he comes back, I mean, he probably skyrockets up into the third tier. And so, you know, that that's definitely something that we'll, we'll be need, needing to pay attention to um, then. I mean, I think that the, the time to pick him up would be ahead of 
uh, week four when they're going to uh, Soldier Field, um, and then you got to kind of hold him through his bye. It's it's not it's not optimal, but I think that if you're looking for quarterback mm-hmm. help, he's going to be the guy to go get um, leading up to week four, and he'll be probably you know when when people write their waiver wire pickup articles, he will probably be very high. Uh, that week. No All right, last last tier: Eli Manning, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Flacco. So, Eli Manning is kind of a hot button guy as well because we have, you know, Evan Ingram so high, we have Odell Beckham so high, we have Sterling Shepard relatively high, Saquon Barkley led, you know, all NCAA running backs and receiving yards last season. I have Eli buried as well in my tiers, but it doesn't really align with, you know, where I have all of his weapons. So how do you mm-hmm. justify that, uh, Michael? And, you know, is there, are we, are we missing, are we missing the boat here on Eli? I, to me, I've been burned so badly on Eli Manning that I'm, that I'm hesitant to move him up any, any, any further in. He's never been an elite fantasy quarterback. Uh, you talk about the Mannings, it's always been Peyton. And Eli may have uh, a couple of top 10 finishes based on fantasy points during his career, but, but he's never really been that elite quarterback, a guy who's going to give you uh, well over 4,000 passing yards and well over 30 touchdowns if you look at his career numbers. And even when Odell Beckham Jr., uh, he has been so tremendous uh, since day one in the league, you know, that it hasn't really elevated Eli Manning to elite status. I mean, let's remember, this is the same quarterback who was benched for Geno Smith uh, last season. I mean, it was, it was a, uh, a questionable move, I guess you could say by McAdoo, but nonetheless, Eli Manning was a guy who didn't throw for 3,500 yards last year. I believe he, he, might have had, I think he had 19 touchdown passes. He didn't get to 20, and, and his numbers have never been all that tremendous. Now, with that being said, I think he's going to end up being sort of in that same category as say a Case, a Case Keenum last year, uh, where Case Keenum came in, put up some pretty good numbers. The numbers weren't huge by any stretch of the imagination, but he was useful. Uh, he was a guy who was right around 3,500 uh, passing yards. He gave you uh, in excess of 20 total touchdowns. And could I see Eli get into the 30, uh, the 25 touchdown uh, mark? Yeah, absolutely. But the quarterback position is so deep and it's so talented that a guy at his age, despite the fact that he has the talent around him, is, is not someone that I believe will come in and make a week-in and week-out consistent impact for your fantasy team uh, like the guys who are ranked ahead of him will do. Really, really enjoy interviews like that. I, I like hearing the background of guys, and I like then when Evan and Michael talk at, at a higher level than I'm able to, to delve into. I'm, I'm still an amateur compared to those guys. And by the way, speaking of amateurs, there's a lot of people, a lot of amateurs that are going to start betting on sports for the first time this year with legalized sports betting opening up in a bunch of states. So now that you're in the mood and you're kind of getting in the groove and learning about it, you got to check out betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. If you guys listen to the Even Money podcast where we talk about legalized 
sports betting. We talk about betting NFL games all the time. You've heard Dave Mason from Bet Online come on. You know how Steve Fezzik feels about Bet Online. You know how I do. The cool thing about it is you get a 50% sign up bonus when you sign up over at betonline.ag. 50% which is pretty awesome. So you can get into the into it right now with, you know, major league baseball games, but also why why not why not put a little something on a preseason game? Make it more interesting. Right a game tomorrow night already. Bears Ravens. I love it. Betonline.ag. Just make sure you use that promo code podcast1. So podcast and then the number 1 so that you get a 50% bonus on your first deposit, pretty awesome. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Speaking of awesome, by the way, tomorrow's episode will be episode one for the 2018 season of Tears of Evan. Love, Evan, how you break it down into different tiers. It's not just a ranking. There's a difference. We'll talk about this tomorrow. But there's a difference between just ranking and also understanding what tiers, what groups these guys are really in so you know when you're drafting what to do. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Looking forward to that already, Evan. Maybe we can even get to an email or two. We'll see if you ever have a question for Evan. Just email me, ross at rosstucker.com, and you can put fantasy in the subject line or just say, hey, this is for Evan. And if you take advantage of any of our sponsors over at rosstucker.com first, then I will absolutely read it, and Evan will respond to it here on the show. Other than that, I'm stuffed for one episode, but hungry for more. Please rate and review the show. And if you give us retweets, we love that, or even likes on Facebook. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.